Welcome to Money in the Air, the music podcast about neighboring rights, the royalties you earn from the public performance of your recordings and the business of music in general. Brought to you by IFR, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. I'm Andrew, a royalty consultant helping artists to collect on their value. Hi, I'm Gina Deacon. I work for Absolute Rights Management and I work with record labels and artists to ensure we claim the royalty income due to them. I'm Stacey Haber and I'm from Inside Baseball Music Publishing. Hey, welcome back to Money in the Air, IFR's podcast about the neighboring rights royalty. And today we're going to talk about sampling, when the recording or the composition is used into another recording and you get a license for it. If it's just the composition that's used, it's called an interpolation. If you use the master and the composition, it's called a sample. And sampling goes back to hip hop and rap music in the 1990s when we in the United States, all the business affairs lawyers from all the labels and publishers set up a sample clearance system, which is still in use today. Here's the interesting thing. If you sample something, the artist on the original performance is entitled to neighboring rights for the new track. How cool is that? That's amazing. It's a huge revenue stream. Everybody's sampling everybody today. Yeah, it has to be a direct sample. I think that's important to hone in on is that it does have to be a direct sample. It has to be taking the recording and putting that recording in your new recording. Just to emphasize, it has to be a direct sample and not an interpolated or interpolation sample in order for you to get paid neighboring rights. And it has to be your specific part so if you played drums, it has to be, and the drums are what are sampled, that is what gets paid. If you played guitar on the recording and only the drums were sampled, you will not get paid. If the sample has to be cleared in order for the registration to be acknowledged. I have an artist who has been sampled about a hundred times we've just discovered. They've taken his entire backing track and just created new lyrics over it. So we can't just roll in and put him on the neighboring rights for the new track. We have to actually go out, claim copyright infringement, do the clearance, get a new license in place, and then come back and say he's the featured performer because the contract is key. People can earn a lot of money from samples. My favorite example is Bootylicious, Beyonce's Bootylicious, being using a direct sample of Stevie Nicks' Edge of 17, because it means that all of those performers performed on Edge of 17 are sort of getting paid for a track which is a totally different genre, totally different artist, equally if not more popular than the original track. I have a question, Naomi. So if you're a PPL performer member and you played guitar that was sampled on a new track 20 years later, how would you make that claim? Like, how would you claim it and get it in the basket and do all that? How would you do it? You need evidence. You need evidence that you are, that your recording has been sampled. There is a website called Who Sampled, and Who Sampled is excellent because it says what's interpolated, what's direct, it lists the parts that are sampled, it has the recordings of the original and the sample so that you, and it'll tell you at what point and for how long through the track it is sampled. It's really great resource. You can look on Who Sampled, if you're not sure if that's you, look on Who Sampled and it really goes into great 
great detail. And then you can essentially make a PDF of who sampled and submit that as evidence if you need it. Would I select the instrument that I played or can you select sample performer? How would you? You like need to select sample performer. So you have to select sample performer and you're a non-featured performer on that track. Yes. So even if you were the main artist on the original track and you were initially claimed as a contracted featured artist, if you're now on a sample recording, PPO will pay you as a non-featured artist. And of course, the sample recording has to be registered with them as well, because if it's not registered, you can't make your claim. Exactly. Oh, that's interesting. I find that there are a lot of tracks listed on who sampled that aren't registered. So that is a really good point. There's also a great guy on TikTok who goes through samples and plays the original, plays the sample, plays them together. So that's another resource you can use. The sample got 50%. Will they get 50% of the performer's share on the new recording? What is the percentage that's paid out for the sample? Yeah, if it's a non-featured artist, it's going to be around about more than 5 to 7%. Obviously, it depends how many artists are on the sample recording, but they're no longer the main artist. So the contractor featured artist will always get the higher percentage on the new sample recording. And the original main artist drops to the non-featured artist getting the lower percentage. What I try to do though, is I try to negotiate for featured artists. Because if you're taking my music and just putting new vocals on top and new lyrics on top. So I try to argue for featured performer. PPL will consider it. It's not 100% no. I did question it with them. And they said, if you can provide an agreement or strong evidence, they will consider it. So it's not categorically that you're a non-featured artist. Um, if you've got a good enough point, then, then they'll always look into it. I know that there are situations where a sample performer has been accepted as a featured artist as well because of the fact that the sample is such a dominant part of the new recording, effectively. That definitely has happened, as Gina said. I mean, but in terms of the sample performer qualification, a non-feature performer never makes more than 9% and it's usually less than that. Phoebe Nix wouldn't actually make nearly the same that she would make as the feature performer. She would essentially be in the same bracket as the guys who played the drums and the guitar and everything on the sample. There are definitely recordings that are exceptions to that. But if you featured on recordings and you featured on many recordings and you go on to who sampled and you identify that those recordings have each been sampled many times, you could, in theory, as Stacey said, for her example client have hundreds of additional claims to make that's mm -hmm. the thing you do is all comes down to research it takes a little bit of time initially to go through that information and identify what's been sampled and what tracks you've been on and ensure that your part has been sampled but my goodness it can be worth it because every single little penny adds up and as we've always said don't leave that money on the table it's your money it's your income just for a, a tiny little bit of research you're on there and you're claimed and it's just going to carry on and, and tick over for you and who's to say that a track that's been sampled isn't going to you know take off and, and bring in a lot of money for you so make sure you put everything another reason to do it is for sync purposes so for the blanket license here in the UK for sync you have to be PRS and PPL registered so even if you're sampled make sure those registrations are correct because you can't submit a track for sync purposes for any BBC show or ITV show if they want to use the blanket license for that. Great. <laughs> All story is if you're sampled, make sure you go in and claim for it. Absolutely right. Get every penny that you've earned. Thanks for joining us again. 
Thanks, Tanya, Naomi, Andrew, Gina. We are IFR, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. You can become a member at www.ifr.co.uk. See you next week.